you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast takes great care of their hiney pillows. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, yeah, Wes back. In the studio, Wes. Also, done with chemo. Just turned my chemo pump in about an hour ago for the last time. Oh, yeah. Get that out of my life. The big turnaround is coming soon. And for anybody that's listening, a shadowy league figure, this is not Celebration by Cooling the Gang. (laughs) This is a... Song that only sounds like celebration. Sounds a little bit like it. TD used Cool in the Gang celebration so much, the only thing that was left was the dry husk of that song. <laughs> Wes, done with chemo. It's been a long road. Gotta feel good, right? Done, it's done? It's a pretty big feels. Set. So I, I put the jacket on today. You look good, by the way. I'm wearing a, really a, do. a velvet. Uh, Calm down. How do you describe this jacket? What is that? Velvet? That's beautiful. It's a velvet teddy bear. That's yeah, it it's a blue, like a- blue, navy blue velvet jacket it's like a gentleman's dinner coat i love it yeah. it's so beautiful you're done done with chemo i mean unless the cancer comes back knock on wood it's not so but this is a big milestone for me chemo has you know my doctor told me this should be easier than the chemo i had in june and july it was so much harder and this is a big milestone for me getting this out of my life and not living hour by hour uh on how my body's gonna feel so it, it will take another couple of weeks for the poison to totally leave my body. But but last week when it got delayed a week, I, f- I felt a huge difference. The timing on my bad days happened to work out poorly for podcast purposes. But 90% of the days I had in the last couple of weeks, I felt much better with that delay. So I, I think my digestive system will turn around in a hurry. I can tell that oh. you're on the mend when you start getting into it on Twitter with people. Oh, yeah. And this happened a little bit yesterday. Did that ever really stop? What was it? I don't know if it stopped, but you got your you got some, some I don't, fighting power in you. You, you want to come <laughs> at me and have a nuanced adult conversation on Twitter? I'm here for that. <laughs> you want to come in immediately with your agenda? I don't deal well with people with agendas, especially when they're obvious. Like, Man. take your agenda to your own Twitter feed where you control the conversation. Don't come under mine with your agenda. He's back. He's back. Yeah. Uh, so great news uh, for Wes and, and and all of us and everyone that listens to the show. Um, and uh, unfortunately, not all the news is good as we get into championship week. Um, I don't know if you guys know what today is also. Wes finished chemo. Today was supposed to be Dan's Redkin party in New York. Oh. Oh. Yeah, what a sacrifice you've made for the good of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say of everyone here, you've sacrificed the most. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like when you think about sacrifice, and Wes knows all about it, I could be in New York. I could be first class right now. Yes. And think about the Redken people, the way they would have embraced me as a, a conquering hero. Sought you out. Put me up in the four seasons. But you know what? When it came down to it, Greg, it's about a podcast. Well, let's look at this from a different angle. Yeah. 
Doesn't it give you a tremendous sense of satisfaction and content that you've reached the point in your life that you can even have a Red Kim party if you want one? Well, that's true. That is the good way to look at it. And, uh, and don't think I didn't look at the, uh, the weather in New York because my whole fear was getting caught in an ice storm and not being able to make it back for Sunday. And also Greg, Greg's judging eyes. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I'm just going to let it go. I'm sure the party would have been fun. So not all good news today. 50-50, half and half. Yeah, you're I mean, really, you're going through a tough time. I mean, what I think the show missed, and I lobbied from the start, was that right about now, Greg would probably be hosting. We'd be going through some football, but then we would probably call you right. from the Redkin party, get a live on the scene report. Well, the listener isn't getting that. No. Well, what could be more engaging than a, a room full of people that concerned about their hair? I mean, it's just going to be great <laughs> oh, conversation. Jealousy is not a good look. <laughs> but you should know that Greg's got some good hair going on today. He does. So it's just it's weird that maybe we could put it together why he's been judging me this whole time with this. He didn't get the invite, and now he's oh, trying actually. to come after me a little bit. Red can bruise. They're rebranding. Don't worry, everybody. Same great product, different name. Yeah, a lot of people Impact. were worried wow. about that. So. so they just got what they wanted uh, for free. Yeah, because I've never done this for money. It's always about about the love of the product. <laughs> Today's show. That's clear. I am astonished at your integrity. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. <laughs> it's great having Wes here. Have I mentioned? Uh, today's championship uh, preview Thursday. Oh, big show every year. In fact, um, gentlemen and the lady behind the glass. You're looking at me with really, a really creepy look. I'm kind of nervous. What's, no, that's what's, just his face. That's my resting here? face. Okay. Um, resting creepy face. Yeah, just... Meat mop look. I was just being nice. Just calling you a lady. Okay. Is that cool? That's cool. All right, cool. good. Just checking in with Lindsay. This is our fifth championship uh, preview episode in the history of the show. Some would say too many. At a certain point, maybe let's break this down. One or two too many, maybe. And blow up the machine and start all over again, but... Here we what, are. with new people? Just the whole thing. Oh. Yeah, well, you know, we're still here. As long as the Patriots... Well, post-Redkin Dan is not going to be content <laughs> with much. As I long as know. the Patriots keep making it every year, we'll, we'll keep showing have up. They, they, yeah, they have. They've yeah, they've been involved in each one of these shows. We could have done the show two years prior to that, and they still would have made everyone. Uh, yeah, because the Patriots are involved again. Uh, there are two huge games, obviously, with a right to go to the Super Bowl on the line. Um, so... We are going to talk about, of course, Jacksonville visiting New England and, oh, yeah, Minnesota at Philadelphia. Two games. Um, and you want to get into it? Should we start talking football? Yeah. Please. Let's do it. Let's do it. What all if right. we just forgot how to podcast all of a sudden and you threw it to one of us in the person just <laughs> utterly frozen? It's just like, no? What? Football? Run out of the room. I, I mean, that would be very alarming and definitely some uh, CAT scans would be in order. Uh, but, yes, here we go. Let's talk about it. We'll start in the AFC. Uh, and, Wes, since you are here, I'm going to start with you. The Jacksonville Jaguars, um, obviously, obviously, the win over the Bills, not so impressive. Survived and advanced. The win over the Steelers, really impressive. In fact, even though the defense faltered, Wes, the offense, what they did was almost miraculous when you look back at it, considering what we knew about them going into that game. Is it going to take some type of similarly miraculous type effort to survive this round? It's a good question because there's no way in hell they can go with that game plan again. That was mm. a unique set of circumstances born out of Blake Bortles' troubles in Week 17 and against the Bills where it looked like 
his statement that I'm not a natural thrower of the football could not have been more evident on game tape. So the Steelers came out determined that the Jaguars were going to have to put the ball in Leonard Fournette's hands and pound the ball because that's what the Jaguars do. And Nathaniel Hackett came up with a brilliant game plan. I've never seen the likes of a quarterback under center for 17 snaps and not once did he get to make his own decision. It was 15 play action, one fumbled exchange, and one screen pass. He never read a defense. All he did was go back and play action, go with a low-risk, openly obvious target, and you'll never see that again. Although he made some throws in the fourth quarter. I mean, Marquise Lee on third and eight, that's his second read on the play. Those were shotgun throws. I'm talking about when he came out in play action, they ran one, one run for five yards to four net, three play action throws in a row that were obvious open plays, and then about five more in the first half play action, and that was their offense. You can't do that against the Patriots. He, he barely had to make a throw in the first half of the game for a number of reasons, but num- the, the first one was the great play calling, and number two is they physically destroyed the Steelers, and I don't expect that sort of manhandling to happen. For the first two quarters of that game, they were dominant up front. I mean, the offensive line played unbelievable. That's why when TJ Yeldon got the the ball, he could run it very well, too. It's not just Fournette. This Patriots defense has come together very well over the second half of the season, and they're going to be tough to run against. Uh, Right now, the way Malcolm Brown is playing, Lawrence Guy, James Harrison, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the pass, but they are going to be a tough team to run against, and you would assume they're going to load up to stop Fournette. Well, that's the concern because, I mean, the vast difference between the Jaguars when they get their game going early, they get out to a lead, and they play physical the way they did against Pittsburgh. I mean, how many drives this year was the tone for the game set more decisively than what Jacksonville did on the first drive against Pittsburgh? And it wasn't just going for it on fourth down, but the way that they barreled down the field. Can you ask Leonard Fournette to do that? If you're right, they're going to take away the play action from Bortles. He had no game all year where he had more play action snaps than last week. And so, yeah, if we're all talking about this, it's probably not a surprise to the Patriots that these are the things we have to erase. Well, Fournette had six yards per carry and a handful of runs over five yards before he injured his ankle last week. Two yards per carry and only one run of five yards after he injured his ankle last week. So which Fournette are you even getting this week? Well, that's and that brings me to my point, and it's going to be a recurring segment on today's show. What you people don't see. Mm, a little condescending. All of you. I always like you people. That's yeah. us, you, us, what you us. people don't see. So this is just the mind of Dan Hansis. Only you can see this. Oh, well, what? yeah, this is what people, you know, especially you people are not really. And maybe Wes, because Wes made a good point just now. But to dovetail off that, there is no chance. You people don't see is that if the Leonard Fournette that came out of the tunnel in the second uh, half is the guy that they're getting. And don't don't look. Oh, he's been limited in practice these last two Uh, days shows that, oh, he's going to be fine and all that. No, if he is banged up to the point where he's going to be a shell of a running back, they are hiding that because they know they cannot let the enemy know that if he if and we'll find out quickly uh, because the way he was hitting the hole was totally different uh, in the first and second quarter and then the third and the fourth. If he cannot run the ball the way he did at the beginning of the Steeler game, this game is already decided because Blake Bortles, no matter what you think about the guy, and even if he didn't have a lot of reads and, and not a lot of responsibility other than just throw the ball, son, there's no way he's going to be able to do anything on his own. They will not repeat putting up more than 
uh, 40 points, let alone more than 30 or 20, Leonard Fournette has to be healthy. That's what you people don't see. Here's the thing, though. They have. They've scored 30 points five out of the last seven weeks. They had three of their best offensive performances of the year, granted against bad teams, but without Leonard Fournette. I'm just saying Bortles – Last week wasn't an anomaly. People are acting like, I can't believe that happened. And the the game plan that Wes uh, talked about was unique. But him having a really clean game with a number of good throws and them scoring a lot of points, partly because of Blake Bortles, is not a new phenomenon. This is a relatively high-scoring team that has scored well in the second half of the season. And they are capable of having those types of games on offense. I think it starts up front. I think it starts with getting a lead. But this is not a sieve-like offense. It's a team that that can score in any given week. There's two blank to Blake Bortles, and it depends on game momentum. And it depends on whether you can cocoon him or not with, with the play action, with the third down man-to-man defense where he is a weapon on it with his legs. If you, if you get him in a tight game like the Titans have gotten him twice, yep. that's when the mistakes happen. It's when he plays with a lead, they can go play action, they can script the game and put him in a cocoon, he's fine. But you, you, you can't predict that going into the game. They're, they're an impossible team to predict in general. Now let's, let's mention something that needs to be discussed here. The Patriots, a heavy favorite, obviously. In fact, the website... Uh, what is it, 538.com had a post yesterday. The Patriots' Super Bowl path is the easiest in modern NFL history when you crunch all the numbers and all that stuff. Everyone expects the Patriots to win, and a lot of that is because of Tom Brady. But something interesting happened in practice uh, on uh, Wednesday, and we're going to see if it actually is something that impacts this game. A teammate, an unnamed teammate. Has it been reported yet? No. He's under the mass turnpike. He's been buried next to the, He's ball, with the boys. ball boys. Ran into Brady. Oh. <laughs> and jammed Tom Brady's hand, his throwing hand. Caused him to leave practice, limited practice, and the Patriots are so nervous that he has not spoken to the media after either uh, Wednesday or Thursday practices. But she did almost every week all year. Calm down. Was okay. not speak Wednesday. Jammed hand. On Friday right. when he missed practice. I'm just saying it's Jammed happened hand. almost on a weekly basis. Jam throwing including hand. Including last week. Jam throwing hand. <laughs> that could be the equalizer. I, you know, I have something that you people aren't seeing <laughs> yourself. Oh. And it's related to that news, Dan. Hit it again. And Hit it so that you people again. You people don't see this. <laughs> Hear this siren first of all. Poor people. I understand that Nora Princiati on Twitter reported that Brady should be okay. Uh That's cool. Nice job, Nora. You're on the ground. All these reporters. I went behind the scenes with a little bit of my TB12 background. I do have contacts inside the building. He he doesn't lock you out like Jimmy G. (laughs) I don't even attempt to go through the door. I float right through on information lines, telephone lines, emails. (laughs) I want to talk to you about some information that I'm bringing to this game. I have it on record from a young female assistant at the TB12 complex that the Brady hand injury, in quotes, is deeply concerning to the coaching staff. Is this real? This is not all. Per my source, who I will label with the alias Julianne Shelby of Westerbrook, the team is doing all they can to bury this as a concern. They are doing what they can to put it out there that Tom Brady is fine to bury this. But according to (laughs) Julianne Shelby, Bill Belichick, 
Josh McDaniels were seen freaking out in the Patriots cafeteria. Michael David Smith is transcribing. That He should. Write it down. Per Julianne, in quotes, I've never seen anything like it. The panic level is real. Mark, she wrote, there is a really screwed up aura here. Everyone's energy is way, way off. Said Julianne Shelby, this to me just feels like the end of something. Evan Silva's listening right now, trying, like seriously debating whether to write a Roto World blur. I'd write it up, Evan. Talking about Mark's source's aura. <laughs> Is this woman uh, someone that you go on like flower walks with? Informational source. Okay. Deep, Laugh it off. Deep background. My I favorite think this part was the beginning when, when Dan was buying it. Wait, is this real? Well, I know that Mark was way plugged in on the TV12 method for a brief period. In fact, did you ever get – please tell – because you're too nice sometimes, Mark, and I try to help you with this stuff. Please tell me you got the NFL to pay you back for that goddamn book. I did not because Come the, on, the project man. didn't go through. Don't let was... Tom Brady get 200 of your dollars. Think about that. Tom I'll Brady. still work on it. I'll still work on it. I think a window might have closed. <laughs> um, but all right. Whether that's true or not, I, t- I bl- want to believe Mark's reporting, but he jammed his hand, and that's something to keep an eye on. Well, It'll probably be fine, but come on. Well, it's throwing hand. But it's a throwing hand. It could be a huge factor. You're counting on his. Feels pers- like a setup. I mean, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. If, if it was important, we would never know, and if it was nothing, we would never know. I mean, there's, that's just how the Patriots operate. So there's no way to find out until – Sunday, but this is going to be a, a game where you would expect him to be throwing the ball 35, 40 times, attacking uh, that secondary in some of the same ways that Pittsburgh uh, did last week. Dan, you mentioned like last week kind of felt like a game where everything had to come together for them, and they were ugly the week before, but I think their defense would disagree. I think when, when you have a, a good defensive game, we call it ugly. When you have a good offensive game, you know, it was it was a great game. Their defense did not play that well on balance last week. They did not get pressure very often with their front four. Pittsburgh had a great game plan where they exposed their safeties quite a bit. Tayshawn Gibson is injured. He's been the guy who covers tight ends throughout the season and has done a great job. But they had some concepts Pittsburgh ran last week, and that's why Vance McDonald had a monster game, really picking apart the middle of the field in a similar way to the 49ers where you – you limit the throws on the outside. And Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant certainly made plays. But for the a lot of the, the moving the ball up and down the field, 550 yards were in the middle of the field, and that's where Tom Brady lives. I mean, he'd be – look at last week's game. He couldn't complete a throw to the outside, and it didn't make any difference. Everything is inside. Gronk, the slot receivers, the running backs out of the backfield. Like, I, I don't know. That gonna, won't change. Yeah, that's, There's no and, reason for that to change. And I think the Jaguars have shown in, in given weeks that they, as good a defense as they are, they, they can give up yards like that up the seams. And I think Pittsburgh did a lot of good things that they can take from. Well, I think I was ready to come on here and say, look, this defense gave up 40 points mm-hmm. in two of the last four games. But I don't think they played as poorly as you're saying last week. It took, I don't think they played poorly. In, I don't think it was their best game. It, it took was, individual brilliance from Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell to beat tight coverage on three of those touchdowns. Yep. And the Vance McDonald stuff happened in garbage time playing catch-up football when you do leave the middle of the field open a lot, quite a bit. So I wouldn't expect the Patriots to be able to do that. But Warren Sharp of Sharp Football came up with a really cool breakdown of the Jags' defense this week. They are one of the best pass defenses we've seen ever against three wide receiver sets. They lead the league easily, but when you get them in base personnel like the Titans have done and two or fewer wide receivers, Mm. and I expect the Patriots to lean on this a little bit and pick on their run defense, which is thoroughly average, 
I don't expect them to, to throw it 50 times again like they did against the Titans, who have a bad pass defense and a really good run defense. I would say get Deion Lewis and Gronk, who is more important than ever to the Patriots this year. Gronk is so important to them. You saw what happened in the Dolphins game when he didn't play. And, and they rely on him. He's playing as well as ever. I think Gronk and Deion Lewis are your are your key. And who covers Gronk? You know, like if he's inside, no, probably double Gronk. teams. But you would Gibson would is the guy that That's they big usually have on a yeah. tight end. We don't know if he's going to miss the game, but he's a significant part of that defense. By the way, the I know you you were saying this, and Wes, you made a similar point just now. Jacksonville's defense has to be way better, though. I mean, Pittsburgh punted twice the entire game. And if the offense is not going to put up the same number of points, the defense is going to have to be that much better. I think they're going to have to really deliver the performance of a season. They need to get if a we're little... talking about them winning this game and going to the Super Bowl, they have to deliver a monster, like, all-time championship Sunday performance. New England does not have Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown did that yep. to literally every single team he played week after week. And there was that game got out of hand. The final score makes it look like Pittsburgh was just destroying Jacksonville the entire way. It was 28 to 7 at one point. And it's because you can count on Jacksonville's defense to make what to see, whether it's going to be a touchdown. They lead the league in defensive touchdowns, killer turnovers. And I mean, this is the team I trust to have a shot to get to Brady. And right. if you can get to Brady, everything changes. And I, the one thing for all we talk about Leonard Fournette, I think Deion Lewis is the best running back right now left in the playoffs of any team. I, I That's where I'd put him in. Oh, yeah. I, no I, doubt. I agree. I agree. In, in, but Who's yet, even close? Fournette. Fournette. A well, healthy Fournette. Yeah. I mean, the other teams run the ball well, but not, not, it's not the same. And I think you also view of Rex Burkhead is back. I mean, they, White and Lewis had, what, 13 catches between them last week? I mean, and I think that's piling how, up yardage. And, and I, James White is a really good football yeah. player. Right, and I think that's how you, you, you try to use some of their aggression and the way their defense just flows to the ball, and you try to use that against them if you possibly can. Telvin Smith, the more you watch the Jaguars, it almost feels like he's kind of he's the heartbeat of the defense. He, he is the key. Uh, and, but if you can get him and Jack kind of flowing the, the wrong way, and the Patriots are great at doing that, then you can end up with some short passes for big plays. Do you think the eight sacks by New England, is it, does it, was it an aberration? Because I know you've been concerned about the pass rush, but they have 33 sacks over the last seven games. Which is dynamite. It's incredible. I mean, I think that they've shored up a, a lot of these they're so-called a, weaknesses. They're a much better the, – the eight sacks was a little bit misleading because most of those uh, did came, come late, and some of them were – from Mariota, but the defense is absolutely different and better than it was earlier in the year. And you guys have kind of said all year, like, of course they're going, you know, the defense is going to be fine or they're going to get it together. And we you were, and, we were absolutely, correct. and you were absolutely right. But I think it's fair as a fan or as just anyone who watches football to be still amazed that a defense with Marquise Flowers, Eric Lee, Adam Butler, Ricky Jean Francois, James Harrison and Dietrich Wise, like, playing all massive roles. I mean, it's not just, like, the average football fan doesn't know these guys. Like, Patriots fans don't know know these guys. And I still think it's a little amazing to watch a team evolve every season, season after season, where they start out not playing so well. And by the end, somehow, like, Marquise Flowers is doing Dante Hightower's Role pretty well, like and and, I, and I'm just Lions, and I'm right. always still surprised as a fan. I'm still always surprised when that it does a, come together, and it is. That was a last minute post training camp trade 
with the Bengals to get a special teamer, and now he's playing. What? What? Which role did you? Call? I would say he's kind of the Dante Hightower. He's their middle linebacker. He rushes sometimes. He's doing a lot. He had a great Patriots game last do this week. every year. They pick up yeah. a guy like Akeem Ayers or whoever and just plug him in. Kyle Van Noy, and they become an important. That's guy. why it might. It's not seem normal lazy. though. It's no, not but it normal. might seem lazy that Dan and I were on you about that all season, but in the end, we were complete. I have one question for you, Dan. Though. Yes. Doug Marone yesterday. They asked him. Oh, do you take not take anything away, but you know you have Tom Coughlin in the building. He's the guy right. that neutralized Bill Belichick and the Patriots in two Super Bowls. You know, you watch those Super Bowls, obviously. You know, what's the whole thing with you and Coughlin? He goes, I didn't watch either of those Super Bowls. Doug Marone, a football coach, saying <laughs> he never watched a second of either of those Super Bowls. I had to write a post about that. I was like, I don't even know what to say about this. Like, you is said, this? Did you write that he was lying? I am also. Con- for not I am it. convinced yeah. that when we were at the second Giants Super Bowl, and yeah. I could be wrong, but I am convinced <laughs> that I saw Doug Marone down in the lobby eating a salad, eating a bologna sandwich. I am sure he was there. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe I'm paying I attention. Be, I could be completely wrong. How do you? How do you not watch a second of the I, Super Bowl I, if you're a pro football coach? It's weird. It's a weird way. It's an unnecessary way. If you remember in Buffalo, he got in some trouble too when. He was trying to, in his way, either evade questions or try to take control of a situation. So instead of just giving some nondescript answer, which is what he should have done, he says, oh, I didn't see the games. It's like you're lying, obviously. And now everybody's like, wait, what's wrong it's with you, we- it, Then it became a weird thing where it's yeah. like your boss, you know, I don't know. All right, let's pick the game. You know what I oh, learned wow. this week? Yeah. That Tom Coughlin, who is steeped as an offensive coordinator, that's his background, is the only human in history, the only football mind, who ever realized the key to beating good quarterbacks is interior pressure up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> How does he get all the credit for that? For, the front, for a front four getting pressure yeah. without any blitzing, which is exactly what Jacksonville's hoping wait, to do. Wait, uh, Wes and Greg are in the room together and they're taking credit away from the Giants? Oh. Hey, give, the it Giants. To, give it to Spags. Give it to Justin <laughs> Tucker. Hey, I think Marcel yeah. Darius, Malik Jackson, they were – they Darius can do it. Awesome last week. You right. have Dante Fowler yep. and Ngakwe maybe going up against a third string right tackle. Never know. Let's pick the game. Here we go. Starting with you, Mark. All right, look. I, I'm not just saying this because I, I really loved the Jaguars last week. It was my favorite game of the season. I just have this weird feeling that the Jaguars win this game 24 21. Weird. Sticking this, with it. I, I really it. I believe it. I love it. And I, you know what I respect? Mark, your magic number is one to win the lockoff title, and you just won against the Patriots in the AFC title game. I respect it. Did I lock it up? I don't know if I locked it up. Oh, you didn't lock it up. I predicted it. You no. want me to lock it up? No, 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 no. Yeah, let's. If why you don't wanna... you lock it up? <laughs> Let me think don't about do it. it. <laughs> Let me think about it. Yeah, you just make the decision you got to make. I thought you were locking it up. I apologize. A lot on the line here. Don't do it. I, no, I, mean, I don't think the Mark's basically won it, though. Already. I'm not going to lose it no matter what, but yeah. I don't feel that's not that's not where I'm thinking necessarily. Right. The okay. lock. But I do think they're going to win. Okay, good pick, uh, Wes. I think you could argue the Steelers are the most talented roster in the NFL. They were done in this year by brutal situational football. The Patriots, the hallmark of the Belichick Brady era, especially the past half decade, they are the best situational football team I have ever seen and probably are in the history of the NFL. That's the difference in this game, and I'm locking it up. The Patriots win. Good luck, Wes. Uh, listen, don't think people didn't notice that you locked up the Patriots against the Titans last week. And I have no like problem. You mean the Titans team that just got done beating the Jaguars and Chiefs? 
I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah, I have no problem with that. I look I'm in the mirror just fine. I'm not into this lock shaming, though. You yeah, how is it all year you go by conscience and then you change it up and just take it off the board? I didn't. Listen. That's what the fans told me on Twitter. It's about the mirror. That's... I, the mirror is looking fine. What? Mirror's looking pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, <it's> looking fine. <laughs> mirror, I have no qualms about that pick at all. all it's right. the divisional. If you make it to the divisional round of the playoffs, we're down to the final. You four. matter. Yep. Hmm. There's gravitas there. I mean, every game is pickable. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just—it's hard to pick on to shame someone for being too safe in a lot in a segment called Lock of the Week, where we have an aggregate 500 record, <laughs> like a coin flip, and we're usually taking favorites too. So actually, like we're we're doing worse than you could possibly like a coin a coin could do better. Speak than, for than yourself. I took the Niners Mark, over and fire. over. Mark's I took some guy. road teams Mark's over and over. I haven't picked That's a home true. team in a while. Come on, Mark's um, a champ. Mark. Um, you've done a great job. I have done a poor job. In fact, I have... Uh, you've also something done something almost beautiful, though, from another it angle. It is. There's something beautifully <laughs> tragic about it. Um, I have lost six straight lockoffs in a row. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit proud of that. I picked five favorites in the Browns. <laughs> and uh, and in each case, those teams lost outright. Wow. wow. And uh, You could be making serious money by betting against Dan Hansen. I know. So now let me say this. Uh, follow the breadcrumbs here and follow your, your, your wallets, although we don't condone that. There is no way the Patriots lose on Sunday. Dan Hansis, the lock master. Oh, yeah. He's saying New England, Greggy. New England can't lose because Dan's locking <laughs> the New England Patriots up. Welcome to the Super Bowl, the big dance. And Dan gives you the seal of approval. The old Zeusa says Pats win. <laughs> Lock. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. <laughs> you you essentially. Oh, you. We, we, we called it on Sunday's podcast. I already lock said he's got to lock up the Let's Patriots. Let's go, yeah. Patriots. You're trying to throw your evil reverse mojo <laughs> onto the Patriots. You're putting side? your witchcraft <laughs> on Foxborough. I like it. Let's go, Pats. Let's go, Zolax. <laughs> Zolax. Don't. There we go. Don't. Don't Let's try to associate it. everything to do with the Patriots with Zolak. Zolak, Although the I had, voice of the Patriots. That's the easiest touchdown pass Tom Brady ever threw. I had a good friend, Dave, you know, who defended Scott Zolak's honor after hearing us. What honor? Didn't he give up his honor? He said there he's the Patriots' Tommy Heinsohn. That made me think, oh, okay. That's not sweetening like the pot either. Heinsohn's no The good. difference is Heinsohn's a Hall of Famer. I don't well, know. yeah, but he's also, I don't know. I'll lock up the Patriots too, by the way. Why not? It's my, it's team. Oh, look at the U3. Well, what else am I going to do? Lock up. It's your team. team. It's my team. It's I am not like allowed to, uh, you know, lock them up most of the year because of uh, the, you know, the lock shaming society going on. over. There was there. never a shaming society. It's just the mirror. If my prediction Why comes not? true and Jacksonville wins and all three of you go down <laughs> in a triple lock failure, Wait, it would be you know, you can utterly lock off beautiful. All of us at once right now. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? That would be a first. That's true. I mean, Mark, you'd be a legend. No, you know what? History. You're trying to pull me in because be then legend. you'd have a chance. I'm just Make saying. Some oh. You'd be a legend. That's all. I'm locking it up, Jaguars! <laughs> Got him! Do it, Jackson! Got Got I, don't, I don't even care about winning this thing. Reel them in. Here's what I do. Every week, like last week, I said I did it for the fun of the show. Yes. And for the high drama. It made Sunday fun. Love you, Mark. And if Jacksonville ever won this game, oh, the three of you will never hear Dan will be celebrating. Dan's concocted a scenario where he wins no matter what. Yes, Mark. 
Yeah. I'm happy to. You I actually had I had I don't people writing to me. I don't think I'm crazy I, either. I my think vision, they're going to win. Right, let Greg for, explain why the Pats are up against No, them. my vision <laughs> for the game is it's going to be a great football game, and I think Blake Bortles is going to show up, and I think they really struggle with athletic quarterbacks. They are so unathletic getting to the edge against them. Bortles did make some throws late in that game. I don't think he'll have to make that many, but the key play of the game was a bomb by Blake Bortles. Uh, another key play was – to his second or third read. I think he'll be solid. He'll move the ball. The defense will play well. And I'm expecting one of the best you know, AFC championships. It's a nice, tight 20-17 to 17 game. Everything, Bortles, and Bortles sets it up well. Everything comes to an end. By the end of the first quarter, the coaching staff is checking Blake Bortles' me undies. <laughs> Yeah, he'll be in one of the tents. We'll see. Yeah, we've been nothing but his, right. They're going to max protect yeah, him. So. They're going to coach. They're going to do it. Let's go. P scale we'll is going to be at a nine and a half by three minutes into the game. We'll um, forty-one to ten. I have the Patriots win. Wow! And I just realized this is there's so much drama now, Mark. Because if you don't win, then the Super Bowl, you just go against Mark, and we could ta- be talking about a massive three-way tie, right? Right. I have no problem oh, no, if this could just. Well, no, then it, I think it, it would in the theory go is, to lockoffs. Then the whole it? thing is uh, faulty. The whole thing is faulty. You <laughs> can just a, pick whatever we pick. I my honest faulty. thing, but yeah. you guys are like, oh, Dan's trying to rig it so he wins. It sh- no. probably should have ended at the regular season, and maybe next year it should be that way. It's kind of hard to lock in the playoffs, to be honest. With you. It starts to get a little right. bit tricky. Then you have a trophy commissioned in your honor, in your image, mm. just not in my were... image in for the podcast. Yeah. I was slandered. <laughs> Because you thought you were going to win it, so you had a trophy commission. Yeah, there's no that. way that trophy's now coming now. There's no way. Well, it's true. It has been canceled. We're not going to produce it anymore. But that, that's I, I don't know. I've had someone else reach out to me saying that they would produce it. Of course it is. Of course it's us. still being produced. And because of Mark's onions, it's still up for grabs potentially. Let's move on now to the NFC. The Minnesota Vikings, who are fresh off the greatest moment in franchise history, Case Keenum to Stefan Diggs. 61 yards, 29-24 win over the Saints. Pump it up. (laughs) They hit the road now. And they go to Philadelphia to face the Eagles, Mark Sessler. The Eagles, who everyone in the world, except for Mark Sessler, picked the Eagles to lose. And Wes. Wes West, oh, yeah. and I both West. picked the Eagles, yeah. Good job. Kissing Cousins picked the Eagles to lose against the Falcons, who were kind of on the upswing, it appeared, but that defense stepped up. Nick Foles made enough plays. They win, they win the game 15-10. Here we go. For the Super Bowl, two teams that have never won a Super Bowl, Mark, squaring off with dog masks everywhere. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. The way I look at this game, I think the Vikings have the better quarterback. I think they might have the best two receivers left in football right now. They've got a Super Bowl-level defense, a fantastic tight end in Kyle Rudolph, a coach in Mike Zimmer, who gets the most out of his players, Kai Forbath, who makes me extremely nervous every single time I watch him warming up for a kick. They've got playoff magic on their side. They've got Grandma Millie, 99 years old, who's going to go to the Super Bowl and hopefully watch this thing. I wrote all this because this was the team I was going to lock up, (laughs) and I'm not. But I love him. I love. Feel great about I love this Vikings team, and I cannot. I'm sorry, Connie Fox. I'm not sure John Gonzalez is an Eagles fan. If he is, I apologize to him. Yes, of course. All right. Well, if he is, he is. I I <laughs> d- cannot imagine the Eagles in the Super Bowl personally. 
Vikings have so much special energy around them right now, and we're going to go to Minneapolis. It would be the coolest thing ever to watch that fan base spend Super Bowl week with their own franchise that they've suffered with for years. I wish I locked this team up. I got I, I should have. Bamboozled. I got bamboozled. <laughs> you can still switch it. You can do whatever you want. That's not how the rules work. No, I'm sticking with what I did. Um, here's the one counter to that, because I, I feel like a lot of people feel the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we worried about a potential hangover? Because that was not just any win. That was uh, franchise shifting, region shifting, you're in the news. Features being written about Features. it. Case Keenum hanging out with us. The only thing I was worried about. Uh, yeah, finish your. Yeah, the time. the idea that another element or angle that was being played up, the Vikings curse, whatever that means, is over. And it did bring to mind as a Jets fan when we beat the Pats in 2010. Jets fans were like, oh, we finally got over the hump, and then they went up to Pittsburgh in the title game and got got romped. And I know these are totally different teams, but you cannot. Get overconfident in the spot or have some type of hangover because the other team's too hungry and they'll get you. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. I, it, it's a hard thing to ever know. But it did cross my mind when I saw Stefan Diggs's tweet around Wednesday that said something to the effect of, like, you know, that, that, that was fun. Now, like, time to get back to work. And it was, like, Wednesday. And it's like they, – <laughs> and they have – and I know – I'm. I, of course, know that they've been preparing and doing all sorts of things before that, but it just naturally is an emotional uh, game that they experienced. Crazy. The, the Eagles, it's the smallest thing, but the Eagles have an extra day, and they're the home team, and they're a tough-minded talented team. You still have Case Keenum and an offensive line that's been good all season but didn't play great last week and an okay running game going up against one of the two or three best defenses in the league. And you're doing that and you're outdoors. Like That game is not going to be an easy game no matter what. Am I crazy? I, I like the, these teams are a lot alike. They both are top three defenses. Uh, they both play well on third downs on defense. They're both strong in the trenches. At various times in this year, I was convinced the Vikings front four was the best front four in football. At various times, I was convinced the Eagles front four was the best front four in football. There, Nothing sticks in my crawl this week like attempting to put Case Keenum in the same lower tier bin with Nick Foles and Blake no. Bortles. There is a gulf right. of difference. One of these quarterbacks is creative and makes plays and is an asset to his offense. The other quarterback limits the offense. They have to coach around him. And the Eagles, if you take their points, their yards per game since Foles took over, they would be number 32 in the NFL. They have no offense. They have no big play offense whatsoever. And the difference between Keenum and Foles could not be wider, in my opinion. And Foles is a 23.8 rating under pressure. That's good. They're, they're going to, he's going to have to deal with pressure this week. And I look at a team that scored – it was an incredible win over the Falcons, and it was something that those Eagles fans deserve. You scored 15 points. You had two turnovers. You're, and, and, and which Vikings team is it? I know what happened in the second half. But go back and watch what they did in the first half against the Saints, a much more dynamic, explosive offense. That was an incredible half of defensive football. I just don't see Philly finding a way to outscore Minnesota. Here's where I would disagree with you, Wes, is that they don't have an offense. Because I'm I'm really only counting the playoff game, which maybe I shouldn't. Maybe you should count the Raiders, but if you yeah, why at, would you not take all the data into consideration? Why use recent? Well, because they had they had 
they had time to prepare for that game. There was nothing about the playoff game that was impressive to me from Knicks. There was there was three games basically that falls as played. They scored in the thirties in one of them. They were terrible in the other. You had the couple series against the Eagles, and you won this game against Falcons. First of all. They won all those games. And I know that doesn't sound like, okay, they're playing these bad teams. Like, they don't get any credit. He came into the game against the Rams, and they were trailing. They won. They were trailing, what, 17 points against the Giants. They won. The Raiders game was the ugliest thing ever. It, they found a way to win at the end. This Falcons game, it was a different sort of game. They, they're a tough-minded team, I think, that goes to the coaches. And I looked at their offense last week, and I don't think it was – I don't think it was ineffective. They only had eight drives. You know, they had the ball four or five times in the first half. They scored two of them. They only had the ball four times in the second half. One of them, they ran out the game. The other two were really long drives. They, they actually had a lot of yards per drive. It's not an explosive offense, but it's the type of offense that I think is playing to a really good defense and can be just effective enough to win games like this in the playoffs when you have that good of a defense. Their offense did a lot of the work last week by possessing the ball in the second half and by making that. I love the way that Doug Peterson coached that second half and that I think had a huge factor there. And they ran, you look at the box score, it looks like they ran the ball not well, but they actually really did during those two drives. But this is Atlanta's defense. Not a bad defense at all. It's a good defense, but this is the Vikings defense. They don't allow big plays. And how are the Eagles going to produce big plays? How are you going to score 21, 24, 27 points that you're going to need to put up to beat the Vikings? Case Keenum, not a perfect game last week. But that dude is a tough quarterback, You're keeping the score lower and making it like last week. I think that's the recipe. Nothing Fools did last week impressed me at all, and I'd like to see those RPOs try to work against the Vikings. This isn't the Falcons' defense. I, I thought Fools was terrible last week. I don't get this where everyone's like, oh, he had a 100 qu-. If ever I thought about throwing out quarterback rating altogether, that's the game that's going to make me do it because <laughs> he was terrible and had a 100 quarterback rating. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. That's because why the rating Because Keanu Neal let it go through his hands and bounce yeah. off his so that's knee. A, that's a play he got hit quickly on. I don't really kill fools for that one. He, You're right that he has to do more for them to win. He did climb the pocket a couple times on a few third downs, and granted, it's a low bar, but a third and five and a third and eight where he evades a little bit of pressure stepping up, and he completes what's a the pretty, bar couldn't be a pretty easy, easy. I liked what Claybon said on Twitter. Everybody acts like just because Nick Foles isn't out there picking his nose, he's doing a fine job. Nick Foles was not an asset. But it's a reminder, though. We love this Falcons team, and I think over they did a lot of good What's things this in we that love? game. You guys spent the whole season tearing the Falcons apart. Well, you you loved I loved them going into this game. I loved what I saw the last couple weeks. You loved them. And the Eagles beat them. I so picked it's against not, the Falcons. It's not, a, it's not all about the quarterback. Do you right over there, Dan? No, I don't think it's all about the quarterback. I, it. I think that the Eagles and Vikings are a lot alike, except – they're even almost everywhere except the quarterback has a massive advantage in the Vikings' favor. I just love that everyone's just saying RPO now. <laughs> I've, I've never heard it more. in my. I don't think I've ever really heard it in casual conversation in football before. And now everyone is saying RPO. Whenever the analyst talks about something, it's like everyone's talking about Fletcher Cox this week because Collinsworth talked about it. And he did have a great game, and it's good. Right. Fletcher Cox deserves the love, but it's because Collinsworth talked about it. But this is the thing. This is where you should be. I, I thought if you were an Eagles fan, you were super nervous last week. And – it was. That was one of the reasons they won. There was this amazing, nervous energy and excitement in that crowd, which I think is going to be there again. They might even have a little more juice confidence-wise. Oh, I think they're confident um, now. This, this week. Last week, I think that nervous energy about, like, are we really – is this is this a game that we're going to win? And now I think they're feeling themselves. We'll see if the, if the crowd manifests itself differently at all. But the one thing with the with the RPO and with the – and get the ball out of his hand quickly, don't make him think too much – 
that's what Minnesota has been like. Oh, so the way, way that guy was able to be competent, and I don't think he was great, Wes, but competent to the point where he didn't kill them uh, is by doing that. Let's take that away. Let's find a way. Good coaching staffs do that. Then what happens to Nick Foles if he's not if he doesn't have yep. that that safety net, which is what they were able to cook in? It was offensive scheming that Doug Peterson and company really deserve credit you for. You do something different. Now what happens? You do something different. That's how that's how the Patriots. Well, some quarterbacks you don't have a lot of different options right. that they could succeed in. Right. You have to come. They up. They have a great offensive coaching staff. You have to that's come true. up with another game plan. And one of the things Tony Romo said, which is was smart but and maybe obvious but like I think I never really I never think about it and the average fan doesn't is that the Patriots for instance last week went back to a lot of old concepts that they used earlier in the season that basically you go back and throw the last four games out cuz that's what the, the team that's facing you is studying and you go back to some things that worked earlier in the year and you just have a couple little wrinkles and the Eagles I think I trust their staff enough that in a given week they can come up with some stuff that that can move the ball. Again. But then a question: if we if we all understand that a team can go back pre four weeks to cook up a game plan that oh you want to study I just a month, mean that like, you're getting out of everyone, your tendon season. You're right. show, and you're using stuff you haven't shown in a while. I wouldn't expect any of these teams to come out rolling through with the exact same game plan they did last week. I mean, you want you're going to have to be especially we we're talking about the Jaguars and stuff and the Eagles too. They the one thing with me when Foles since Foles has been on the field. Every one of their weapons, Nelson Aguilar, Jeffrey, all these guys that were they were surging towards yeah. Pro Bowl seasons, have all disappeared and flatlined with Foles at quarterback. That is an indictment. They made some plays in, the, in that Giants game, and since then they they Gone. have been absent. The 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 Eagles' defensive line is just going to have to kind of win the game, and the and the Vikings did not and play their well. Offensive line. Did not play well late in the game, but they're capable. The defensive line is capable of winning the game. One of the things that's different about their line is Brandon Cox. I mean, uh, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, they barely played compared to other l- players at that level throughout the course of the season. Only about 650 snaps, only 30, 40 snaps a week. In the playoffs, they're on the field almost every down, and Cox was dominant. Wes, you talk about, like, what's the final level of NFL superstar is that you beat double teams. And Fletcher Cox is that kind of final level where he's beating double teams. And that sets up Graham to make a lot of noise. And now they're on the field every down and you're rotating in Jernigan and Long is playing well. And Derek Barnett, a first round pick and Vinnie Curry had a big week last week. And like suddenly that's six or seven guys. And maybe that's enough to just win. And Keenan was under Keenan took some heat last week too. I mean, I, I thought he came out as one of the toughest quarterback performances I've seen because he had to make throws with dudes all over him. And I, Case Keenum, I t- couldn't agree more with you, Wes, that like clumping him in with the other two outside of Brady, it's just like people are looking at Case Keenum, the name, and you're not watching him play. I mean, he's been a really fun quarterback to watch, and the dude is he's tough, so, man. It's crazy because the, the the thing that makes him great is like – What? I'm tired of like Case Keenum I just never heard you say – I never say, heard you use that like, kind of verbiage. I don't know. It's cra- tough, man. He, he, he is stupid. He's so mentally tough. tough, though, because think about how that game – ended up he took a sack that took him out of field goal range he threw one of the worst interceptions you ever see and he'll throw some of those up every once in a while and Marcus Williams made the great interception on him uh to really kickstart that that uh comeback and then what did he do after that he threw three of the toughest like one thrown against his body another uh over the shoulder to Thielen another over the like he threw three of the toughest like ballsiest throws after that sequence, and he hit them all. About, like it's, I don't know. It's how about Thielen decisively winning his matchup with Marcus Lattimore? 
And a yep. couple of more penalties should have been called on Lattimore in that game against Thielen. He had three. Some, somebody on Twitter. It says a lot. He's the first person all year that really beat Marshall and Lattimore. And it mostly was just kind of getting the ball in tight coverage. Someone on Twitter uh, said Keenum didn't deserve any credit for that last play of the game either. It's like, what? shut up. Well, so, I mean, why? It's like, uh, Lock usually I don't even respond. But in that case, I, was, I pointed out, oh, only that he spotted the receiver put the ball exactly where it needed to be, which, by the way, was like 40 yards on a line yeah. and led to the game-winning touchdown. The guy is having one of those special seasons. And he hit three amazing yeah, he's throws been in the fourth quarter all before year, that. And the window has long since closed wow. where you could question, is who, but is Case Keenum that we remember? No, this is different. He's not. It's not like Foles and Bortles and then Brady and Keenum. It's not like that type of setup, but like Keenum is squarely in his own territory between those two places. Yeah. So you got to look at him that way. Let it fly. Let your Case Keenum flag fly high this week. That flag <laughs> went up the flagpole. It's come down a couple times. Oh, that's right. It's, now it's way back I up, baby. I remember early in the season. I gave you the chance to take the flag back, and you didn't, Wes. It's back, baby. All right, it's back. Wes was an early Keenum truther in his Texans days. It, yeah. It's, uh, Keenum's like it's someone that everyone is talking about this week. But one thing you people haven't even noticed, <laughs> no one's talking about, because you people, you don't even go back and watch so dismissive. the coaches' film, and that's where the real football junkies really. This actually feels like in your. This lane is not actually. a. This is not fictional. <laughs> this, yeah, that's where the. This real is how Greg actually junkies, feels yeah. about at least Greg two people on the show. Greg actually forgot that it was a segment. He was no. just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. The, the one thing all these teams have in common, and but I'll point it out for the Eagles especially, is they're great open field tacklers. And it sounds so simple, but especially in the secondary, this safety crew of Malcolm Jenkins and uh, McLeod for the Eagles, they stopped a lot of those Philly drives where, I mean, Atlanta drives where it's just one-on-one in space and they make the tackle. What a great matchup for tackle. I mean, safeties this week, you know, between Smith and Sandejo and Jenkins and McLeod. And the Eagles are, have been really good. All these four teams are really good at that, especially in the secondary. You throw the ball out on the edge, it's really hard to make them miss. They get you on the ground. Well, Greg, as someone who played football at the youth level and also in high school, <laughs> I can confirm that it is that open field tackling is, is tough. I, it's tough. You played offensive line, right? No, I played running back in oh. Pop Warner, and then they moved me to cornerback because it was like, where do you I put I thought you were small? on the interior for some reason. Which always Why would anyone have put I know. me on the interior Maybe line? Maybe it was like a land of tiny people. I don't know. I mean, it's it was small people, but I was even smaller So you were a them. corner and a running back. Running back successfully, cornerback, buried on a roster, put into a late game on homecoming, and immediately gave up a touchdown <laughs> and was pulled right out. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> I mean, we were winning by 35 you points. You should have had time to like get loose. And there get, was another the th- there was bad other get, play. It's when I, you're bad when you get pulled back out when you're winning by 28 points. Well, I was like, wait a minute. There's still like eight minutes left in this thing. This guy's dangerous. Um, all right. As much as – save it for the Mark's Football Career Podcast, which I would absolutely listen to. Short pot. Let's uh, pick the game – uh, Mark, get us going. Vikings, 28-14, not as close as the score looks. Mm. Wes? I think it's a very even matchup all around. I have a ton of respect for the Eagles, their coaching staff, their defense, their running game. Uh, what you people in this room don't realize, though, <laughs> and what I know, I've missed a lot of these episodes – which means that I can pull off a double lock, and I'm locking up the Vikings. <laughs> All right, listen. If That's you, very if you fair. You beat cancer, and you go through two rounds of chemo. Yes. You can yeah, my, lock. my volume stats are like Mark's when he, we first started playing Go Get My Lunch, and he just abstained from a bunch of right. Yeah, uh, my volume stats are way down. I got to build it up. All right. The Vikings 
And it's not even so much that I, I think that Keenum's going to have a big game. I just think so little of Nick Foles that I'm locked. Yeah, I get that. We've that message has become clear. Wait, I can't watch. Wait, but you're saying you. But if you thought he played well last week, though, right? Look, I am done <laughs> with mechanical, stiff, white guy statue quarterbacks in the NFL yeah, in this racing, era really, but... where defensive lines just pummel bad offensive lines. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, the, the stiffs are what out. What if you let me double lock it up, and if I ever lost? There you go. Can we all Super Bowl we all just for double all lock the money? What if I quadruple lock up? Yeah, well, I'll, well, I'll double lock Take double the Pats four times. You're putting the Vikings on the lock? It's what I always wanted to do. I sure do it. Do it. Double. Lock. I'm locking up the Vikings too. No, we're not going to allow that one. Why not? What? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Well, none of this makes sense. We're talking about. <laughs> I like the. Let's double lock it up. It's the biggest day of the season. I'm locking up the Eagles. Wow. It's nice. It's nice that you guys are doing that. It's not the rules. There are no what, rules to this It's enjoyable the how much it annoys Dan, though. It's a made-up nonsense. What's this Barney Fife routine? It's not the Small rules. Small town sheriff. <laughs> it's not the rules. Um, I believe this will be a low-scoring affair. 15-10, just like the last week it, the game involving the Eagles. Sounds right. So let me just do that, but flip it, and the Vikings win 15-10. And uh, my boy, Kai's Kai, has another big game, and, and the – Vikings move on to their first Super Bowl since the 1976 season. One lock, except for West, because he had cancer. That was the final. Dan lock. hated nothing more all football no, no. season than I don't double care lock. If, I don't care if Dan <laughs> recognizes it. I re- we're recognizing it. It's happening. <laughs> Outvoted. Doesn't matter. Sorry. Good try. Eight, right? at this will split us apart. I, this isn't a lot. It's not a logical pick for the the Eagles. It's just a feeling that maybe a little bit of the emotional fall off, but more that it's uh, two teams that are pretty evenly matched. They're the home team, and sometimes just you don't get what you want as a football fan. Is that it's anticlim- it would be so anticlimactic of the Vikings. I'm kind of rooting for the Vikings, but I just have a feeling that this is a tough-minded hmm. Eagles team where things can happen right for them, and it's just in this weird season that's been defined by like players who are missing and us kind of being annoyed by that, Nick Foles leading the Eagles – to the Super Bowl instead of Carson Wentz, it somehow feels right. Greg, cynicism is poison. Choose joy. That's not cynicism. I just you think said that win. we can't get what we want as fans, uh, and you, your cynicism is poison. We'll choose joy. That gives you us also two, want, well, it's joy for Greg because then it's Patriots. Well, it Nick gives Foles. us two weeks of hyper tedious <laughs> oh, Eagles Patriots rematch storylines. I'm not. I'm hoping for the Vikings for our sake <laughs> as the writers, but uh, I cannot hear two more weeks of RPO. <laughs> I think you're going to hear it anyway. All right, there you go. We will be back on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, right after the games. Greg, you will be heading to Philadelphia uh, to write for NFL.com. Wes, Mark, and myself will be in the studio. Hopefully, Wes. Sunday? I feel like you will be. Got a good feeling. I got a Cecil, you'll be here. All right. But we guess we got to just hold our breath. I'll be here Sunday after the games. I don't know if I'll be here before the games. Okay. We'll take anything that gets you in the studio for the podcast. Yeah, I'll be here. Be great. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to give it a 95% chance. Ooh, that's a good percentage. Probable. Uh, so there you go. That uh, that will be um, the NFC and AFC championship game recap show. A big one. A big flagship show. So make sure you come back for that. Uh, and also, check out NFL Pick'em and NFL Network. Uh, we got Mark in an interrogation room. I've actually, I watched this Pick'em segment. Uh, Erica Tamposi previewed it. It is the best one that, that and largely to do with 
uh, her technical prowess, but also our acting ability, the three of us. Killed this it. Week. Really, really all came together. Best episode yet for Pick'em. Really? So there you go. I if think you, so. If you're ever going to watch NFL Pick'em, and I believe it's on four times four this times. weekend. Lindsay, do you have any of the times for us? Yeah. Um, actually, the network decided that it was a good idea to replay last week's games before Sunday's <laughs> games. So uh, we got cut down to one. <laughs> no. At 8 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> So make sure you DVR it. Okay. So this, we're down. this vehicle is I mean, DVR, it's all the same. Please. So 8 a.m. Eastern time. Yep. 5 a.m. Pacific. 5 a.m. Pacific. Uh, check out NFL Pick'em. Set your DVRs. Uh, all right. They just came up with that idea now. They already knew those games were going to happen. That's a very, very odd decision. Well, we're being no, phased out. Maybe they didn't feel the way we did about our segment. We're being phased out. Yeah. I mean, who would want to rewatch those games when you've got us in our acting chops? Oh, Mark, yeah. in a literal interrogation room. That's what you you have to look forward to. Once, not four times. Before we sign off, I want yes. to thank Charlie Barker and his family from England. They sent me this really nice No More oh. Chemo card from their trip when they had the mailman as back poster all over. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Look, look, at the, look at the production quality. Yeah, it was pretty nice. And they had a nice little note on the inside. They sent me a record. So cool. Thank you, Charlie. What's the record? It is Right Track by Billy Butler. All right. The... Former Royals, yeah, the former oh, yeah. Royals. Team. I loved him. Had him on my fantasy team every year. <laughs> Guy was an on-base Multi-talented. machine. Uh, well, he couldn't field really, but but yes, he could yeah, record I mean, music. Records. So there you go, he's cutting records, LPs. All right, let's get out of here. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the Mailman, the Boss, well, the old Boss, and Lindsey Fulton behind the glass. Tell Championship Sunday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 